Rams. Welcome to the final episode of the CoSG Recap, where we break down all of the episodes of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. We're joined by our producer, E, who's going to explain, I guess, more of the Marvel comic book connections, if we have them. You know, we'll figure out where we are. You guys have been with us this way. You know what we're doing. So you guys rewatch the Falcon and the Winter Soldier this week? I watched the documentary, the behind-the-scenes thing. Oh, I forgot to watch that. Uh, the Assembled. Yeah, me too. And then I watched, like, I ran through, and I watched some of my... In preparation for this, I had taken down all of these little notes that was just, like, time codes. So, like, mm-hmm. I didn't leave myself a description. So it's actually kind of fun to go back through and, like, catch these little highlights. I left myself a little trail of breadcrumbs through the series. So I saw all of these little moments and stuff that I'd kind of forgotten about because they were from five weeks slash five hours ago and stuff like that. So I watched snippets of it. I didn't watch that much of the show again. Ryan, how much of the show did you watch? I've watched each episode one time. You know what? In preparation for this, I've pulled up the Wikipedia page. Oh, <laughs> all right. All right. That's where we are. Rob, <laughs> I'm in the same boat as Ryan. Yo, you also have the Wikipedia page. <laughs> yes, up. I do. I pulled it up while you were talking. <laughs> okay, well, I, I rewatched my ideas. The show. He's trying to copy me. It just Enough! He's doing it for we need- <laughs> <laughs> well, How do you find time? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it seemed like everybody, um, you know, it seemed like last week, well, we ended on a pretty positive note. Seemed sounded like everybody had pretty positive things to say about the show. Digesting it for another week, um, sitting on it for a little bit longer. Does anybody feel better or worse about the show? Like, have, has your perspective changed at all? You know, have you changed? Have any of your thoughts changed? Uh, rewatching the whole thing, the slow parts in it feel very slow. Right. When you when you sit down, I, I watch like two episodes a day for three days. Okay. Like, you know, I split them up into movies. So basically, I watched a trilogy. And I'm, I'm trying to think what the, the episode with all the montages, episode five, uh-huh. is very slow. Yeah. Rewatching it and knowing what happens, you're like, there was right, a lot I, of I setup. get it. I get it. And oh, I felt like on the first watch, that was a little slow. You said it was slower it, on the it, second watch. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's noticeably slow on the second watch. You, you know what happens, and the, the excitement's you, not there. Wouldn't right. you have the same struggle with episode one watching it over again? Because that was just pure it, setup. It, yeah, that's got to be Parts of it were very slow, but... The opening action sequence was really, really good, though. Right. Yes, it is. I've actually watched that multiple times since the show started. I watched WandaVision all the way through again. Not this past week, but <laughs> across yeah. across the months. Um, I was able to watch WandaVision again. And then during the WandaVision run, here and there, there were certain episodes that I watched again during the actual run of the running of the show maybe it was because the episodes were shorter or because of how it was so wildly different like visually from episode to episode i didn't get any of that fatigue from watching wandavision again but practically after the almost right when the credits hit i thought to myself i can't wait to sit down and watch that whole thing again and then i did almost right away yeah i didn't feel that way about falcon winter soldier i mean different properties and different feel and vibe of the show so i mean i wouldn't say that it not doing that for me is a success or a failure that's just you know that's just how i felt i did have a note from episode one on the rewatch because i do say when sharon carter's killing a bunch of people i was like heroes really don't kill people when they don't have to right falcon kills like four guys on that (laughs) helicopter in the first episode drops them like maybe you don't it's like gi joe and you off camera a parachute parachute. opens you know you see a guy crash into the side of a mountain that he throws out of a helicopter just a flesh wound i i don't think he's walking away from okay that. i you do, I do recall that yeah. maybe you see in the, in the next season or next movie or whatever that he turns into a bad guy maybe well, he's maybe a... he's getting rehab and uh sam is like his counselor and he's talking him through it <laughs> yeah. all right so actually you know what that reminds me 
going back and thinking about um, Sharon Carter. I did do a bunch of reading about Falcon Winter Soldier uh, from uh, interviews from the director, Kari Skogland, I, I believe is how you mm-hmm. pronounce her name. And then the, the showrunner, uh, who we know is already writing Cap 4, Malcolm Spellman. I found this blurb on, uh, it was on IGN.com, and I had to clip it out and share it with you. Remember how I was asking, I think it was last week, it, I was trying to clarify her, her turn as, as the power broker. Mm-hmm. Because for me, I, I just wanted to make sure, because it did seem like it was kind of, for me, it didn't seem quite as organic. But apparently a good amount of thought was, was put into it. So here's a quote. A tremendous amount of thought went into this decision, and it begins with civil war, Spellman said. Sharon was forced out, and in our mind, every scenario re- we ran on why she hadn't been appearing in the MCU had to do with the fact that when the intelligence community turn on someone, they turn all the way on them. He says, yeah. you've seen it in Mission Impossible movies. You've seen it in, like, Salt, whatever, right? Agents There's even the a TV show called Burn Notice. Yep. When you've been burned, you are <laughs> utterly betrayed. These people not only did not take Sharon back in, they forced her to become a criminal, and they forced her to be on that trajectory. And the skill set she developed at S.H.I.E.L.D., she was able to thrive. Uh, he brought up Burn Notice, so I, I so scoured happy. Yeah, I scoured the internet. I couldn't find anybody talking about Falcon and Winter Soldier and how it uh, any ties to Hawaii Five-O, though. Uh, that's a bummer. <laughs> yeah. During the rewatch, when they meet Sharon in that third episode, uh-huh. and she's like, I didn't get, you know, I wasn't invited back. I wasn't pardoned. And blah, and Sam does say he, he'll help her. Right. But only if she'll help him. Yeah. Fucked up move. <laughs> Fucked up move. If you don't help us do what we're doing, I'm not going to talk to somebody on your behalf. Fuck you, Sam. That's what she should have said. And I really hope they don't make her a scroll. It would lessen it because what they've done to Sharon is wrong. And now she needs to make them pay. Upon further reflection, that one part that didn't sit well with me makes more sense to me now. It's just that, I mean, when you see her speech in Winter Soldier, I know she's betrayed and all of that, but she really seems to believe in what she's doing. So that's kind of where I was coming from. But I can also understand this perspective, and I would be okay with it either way if they make her a scroll or whatever. But even if they don't, now it sits better with me. That's all I was. Well, getting. I don't think she was cast out, and the next day she she's like, it has begun. I'm going to be the power broker. Right. I think a One lot of bad shit happened. Did what she did to survive. You know, former friends turning on her, maybe trying to kill her. Yeah. Shit probably wears on you after a while. Yep. You've got no money. You've got no friends. When you're burned, you've got nothing. No cash, no credit, no job history. Right, and that's going to burn out his intro. Oh, <laughs> of course. I mean, yeah. It's all, I got a tattoo of that. Yeah. Wait, is there any reason you think they're going to make her a scroll, or you just worry uh, it, about it's, it? It's a rumor out there in the internet uh-huh. world. And, but there's like and, nothing that happened in the show that says like, oh, that points to that that little thing she did uh, right there. WandaVision had had scrolls in it. Yeah. So WandaVision yeah. had a scroll. So just because they had a scroll, I don't. In it. You know, Brian, like, uh, cover your ears for a second. And then you know, Nick, the Nick Fury twist and Captain Marvel. Oh no, uh, Spider Man. Spider Man Far From Home. Spider Man Far From Home. Yeah. Sorry, I'm confused. My movie. Scrolls are in Captain Marvel. I'm not spoiling anything for you. No. Good. Yeah, yeah, so there's, I mean, it's because we know that what's slated for the sh- for for the Disney Plus shows is Secret Invasion, and that's a show where it's going to be about Nick Fury and uh, Talos from Captain Marvel, played by Ben Mendelsohn, who's a scroll. Mm-hmm. So I don't necessarily know for fact it's going to be like the comic books because there's various storylines. Winter Soldier was very similar to the Captain America Winter Soldier run, but Age of Ultron was almost nothing like the Age of Ultron 
comic book arc. It's they, they took bits and pieces of it. Of course, it did have to do with Ultron. So they could just be calling it Secret Invasion and it could be about scrolls. It might not be play by play, beat for beat, what we what you saw in in the comic books. But I also don't think it should be beat for beat in the comic books. Let's... No, I, I prefer it when it's not. Absolutely. Yeah. It's just so the, the reason that people think that it might be Sharon Carter is because one, not everybody bought her the twist that she all of a sudden became power broker. And for them, I think there's a, a sentiment out there, which I initially prescribed to, which is that it makes more sense that she's a scrawl, which is why she's acting this way. And then the other thing was a visual call out, which I saw that might've been a hint, which is that she was already using face changing tech. Mm-hmm. So it would be, I think it would be pretty funny slash an Easter egg or I don't know, just, just an interesting moment when it's a scroll that changed her face to look like Sharon Carter, who's wearing that nanotech veil to change her face to look like somebody else. But yeah, um, if she was a scroll, she wouldn't need to. She could just become someone else. Tech, right? Yeah. Yeah, she could just be but someone else. Doing it just to sell the. I'm sure sell the bit. Right. She's yeah. doing I think it that's to just yeah. that technology is just standard shield equipment. Sure. Sure. It comes with so, handy wipes. It could be nothing. You know? Yeah, you just get hand wipes. You just, yeah, hand and wipes get and a, a face photostatic thing. veil. You get yeah. nanotech. <laughs> So that's I think that's where it's coming from. Plus, people just want to see Mephisto and they think everyone's a scrawl and yeah. they think Wolverine's going to show up, you know, any day now. So it's just a rumor. You know, I don't think it that is. there's necessarily anything more to it than that. Mm-hmm. OK, OK. So as far as the show goes, how about we run through some of our like every, anybody? I mean, you just recently saw it. I saw my highlight reel. So I've got yeah. some of these. <laughs> you guys, the rest of you are going to have to try and pull from your memory. But favorite moments, favorite characters can do that real quick as like a wrap up it's a decently sized cast so maybe we won't double up well i mean i'm trying to think my favorite fight it's probably the bucky sam first um walker fight when they take the shield from him okay mm-hmm. with the broken arm like that yeah be? the broken arm yeah. and it's a it's just a really brutal fight bunch of kill shots going off all of although the, the wakandan fight in the yeah that's probably the best one that, in that the room that's, that's another great there are a bunch of great fights in this uh zemo dancing zemo favorite, dancing huh? is a highlight yeah. moment yeah. absolutely it was zemo all around a highlight you know well, turkish zemo. delight turkish yeah. delight, delight. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's, I is the turkish delight Irresistible. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely want to see more of Zemo. Oh, hell yeah. Can't wait for him to get out of that raft, because the raft is a piece of shit. You can get out of that, no problem. There was one moment that I saw that on my highlight reel rewatch that I hadn't really caught before. When Sam is fighting Carly Morgenthau, and she hits him with a full-on super soldier punch. He blocks it with his shield, but it would push him back. So mm. the wings pop out and then dig themselves into the mm. ground. Yeah, And it reminded me very much of, I don't know if you guys remember from um, Doc Ock from Spider-Man 2, mm-hmm. when he would do things like throw cars and whatnot. I mean, he's still just a regular dude. He's not super strong. The tentacles are. So they actually did a lot of great choreography in that movie where when he's doing something like that, where it would make no sense how he would be able to hold up a car with his own legs. The two top tentacles are picking up the car. The two bottom tentacles are digging into the ground. So he's mm-hmm. not doing any of that. It's just the tentacles. It just reminded me of that. And I was mm-hmm. I thought it was a very cool visual. And uh, yeah, that was one of those cool mm-hmm. moments that for me, that in the wing shield with the, the shield is the dome when the helicopter yeah. drops on it. I love that. Uh, moment. Two of my favorite visuals are Walker kneeling with the bloody shield. 
right before that the fight I just talked about. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you know Sam floating down like an angel with a, a dead Akari in, her, in his arms is a great visual for the. You think they were going for an angel look there? Absolutely, you don't. I, I well now that you say it, it makes sense. I, that, I, I didn't, didn't think about it, about it either. But yeah, when I was watching it, I didn't, I didn't think of it. He either. literally floats. You know, well, no, that I, I get it. You're, you're not wrong. I'm just saying when I, when I watched it. On the I thought time, everybody just got that. No, I did. It didn't even. It didn't even come to me. I wasn't looking for that kind of, uh, you know, symbol. I guess. Uh, for some problem. reason, I'm watching that scene and he's floating that down nice and slow, and I'm just thinking about the wire work or whatever uh, is going on in the background. All I saw was uh, when I watched, I was like, "Is he trying to save her? Because he's moving really slow. Like, uh, you know, like I, I wasn't sure if he was returning a body at that point or trying to get her to medical attention, and it just seemed like he was taking effing forever. So I was, I was confused by it. Well, so I, I wasn't. She was all dead, not mostly dead right kevin smith pointed something out on his uh fat man beyond podcast which i was cracking me up because he was saying he's carrying her floating down like that because carly had been shot and you know she's dead he's like you know who else was shot and not dead sharon carter fucking help her (laughs) you've got wings man go get her help instead he's carrying (laughs) this dead body and, and like ryan pointed out just Slowly, slowly floating down yeah. gently yeah. it she makes for a, a break it, exactly it makes for a her, much better visual but um her body in like she's a hero like that was a hero's like funeral bringing like tony stark back from the battlefield i think that the ending it, the message it was a little bit mixed right so blurry because he called her blurry. freedom fighter basically right? yeah and then on top of that what she was trying to accomplish gets done yeah she uh, kind of well it wins. doesn't completely get done but i mean she, she was, was willing to, to die the yeah. borders being removed like, right right open borders and stuff but yeah a lot of what she was fighting for got accomplished. a lot of what she yeah. was fighting for worked out and i know the ends sam saying the ends don't justify the means but the ends did still work out she died and was willing to die and sacrifice herself for this cause and it seems to have sort of worked out i guess he's the point is that he's saying that there's a middle ground we have to find a way to meet there but I do think the ending was a little bit muddled. Um, for me, I really like the imagery of uh, when Bucky is standing in the light, holding the shield before he hands mm-hmm. it off to Sam. Yeah. In that same, at the end of that warehouse fight, yeah. it's like you've got. Uh, I mean, I might be reading a little bit too much into it, but I, I don't think I am. You've got Walker after having turned be, being evil Cap, being like Cap's shadow. He's sort of covered in darkness. There's blood on the shield. He's leaning. He's he's crouched down. And then at the end of that sequence, it's Bucky, who was the the assassin and the brainwashed Winter Soldier, finally standing in the light, being on the right side of things, holding the shield. I, and I thought that was very cool imagery. And mm-hmm. I think they put some thought into that. And that's another image that really sticks out for me with like the God rays coming in through the, the warehouse window. Yeah. Bucky standing there with the so shield. That, that very fight cool. is beautiful. Great. All the choreography was great, man. Everything, the way it was shot, I I thought that the show looked fantastic. I like the showrunner. All right, I've got a weird question for you guys. I don't know if you've heard anything. So, Kari Skoglund, okay? Mm -hmm. Captain America 4, Malcolm Spellman, showrunner, head writer. He's writing it, all right? You know that Anthony Mackie's coming back. All good. We've got one of the other writers from the show. He's coming back. All set. Why is Kari Skoglund not a lock? Were, Were they not happy with her direction? Did they think she did not do a good enough job or is it contract negotiations like what it's usually when you make an announcement like this yes you have a lock and be like hey this this was great we're bringing her back you should stay tuned for more of this it's just odd that they didn't have that all lined her locked loaded yeah i I just found that a little bit i'm sure it's negotiations i thought she did a very good job i loved the visuals i loved 
a lot of the character journey, even the few moments here and there that I thought were a little bit weaker or where the messaging was muddled, I thought visually and the fact that she was able to direct this through a pandemic and mm-hmm. uh, watching the the documentary about how it was made, they were originally set to be somewhere else, Puerto Rico or something like that. And then they had to revamp this this and that, retune stuff. And then they ended up in Prague. For a director to be able to handle a shoot like that, that organized and have everything still come through, I think says a lot for for her and I, I would think that she would do a very good job on cap four because she seems to have the tone of everything down too so i'm all for her coming back to direct it I was maybe wondering because why. maybe because it was so stressful with everything that happened maybe she wants to do something smaller like maybe she just doesn't want to do right another you know that. six months of marvel movie that's true it could be that maybe yeah. she was asked especially because it sounds like it was so challenging yeah for events that are out of our hands Right. You know, there was an explanation for one of the things that I thought was weaker. Uh, I don't know about you guys. I don't think any none of us have mentioned that we thought that Carly Morgenthau was our favorite character. I thought that the Flag Smashers were a little weak. Their motivations were a little weak. Yes. And I just didn't think that they were that interesting. And as it turns out, there was this whole other angle that they ended up shooting around. There was supposed to be a pandemic and a disease. And mm-hmm. they were going around. And one of the things that they were doing was knocking off the vaccine vaccine that, that makes sense. giving the it to people death. that's there was a ton of that and they just took all of that out so mm. they had to add move around things rejigger fight sequences take out dialogue and then a lot of that what that ended up doing was making the flag smashers look more like terrorists when i think initially they were supposed to be more like uh robin hood type mm-hmm. of yeah you right. know you know what i mean yeah. if, if that makes mm-hmm. sense what we saw was that their end goal was for the people who had been displaced. But between A to B, we didn't see much else. Throughout that journey, they were still supposed to be dropping off vaccines and helping other people. So that, that medicine they steal in the beginning in the truck, that's the vaccine they're stealing. Well, no, it, yeah, it because definitely is labeled vaccine. They say because there's a because there's a pandemic and right, that's they what just, they were trying to fight. Yeah. They just kind of sold it as just vaccines for medicine in this one. I wonder yeah. if that explains kind of the lack of grc story as well because i feel like there was like they introduced the grc they never really defined them very well throughout this whole series and then you know then you just have i think they had i think you're falcon right. like talking down to them about their plan that or their policies and plans that we didn't really even quite know or understand yeah. right like they were yeah. making up so i'm wondering if some of that hit the cutting room floor for the same reason because it was all wrapped up in those scenes with this vaccine that they took yeah. or this uh People. pandemic that they took out that makes yeah, people are saying that the uh, the the like mother figure that that they had the funeral for mm-hmm. was it a Danya Madani or whatever that died properly had like They're actual just, lines and yeah. in, you know, in those scenes yeah. because yeah. otherwise they got like this you know actress who's done a lot of stuff like why why wouldn't you just put some extra in that if yeah you, you know, yeah. right yeah. if it's just going to be a all dead her body. stuff got right like right, right release the pandemic cut I mean it's probably. <laughs> It probably makes. I mean, not not that I, I I enjoy the series. I'm not saying that, but it probably it probably makes the story flow a little better. It just doesn't leave those holes in the story. I, we could take it. I understand we're living through a pandemic, but I think we could uh we could we could process it and be okay with it, right? Like. Yeah, yeah. Um, the new Stabler Law and Order show. He just arrested somebody who was stealing vaccines. You know, Elliot Stabler doesn't play with that, right? That's <sighs> awesome. Sure. Apparently, they, uh, the the writer was saying, uh, in some podcast he was on or interview he was on, was saying that it, they he really liked that whatever storyline was was cut and maybe mm-hmm. it'll appear in, like, I guess, the book adaptation or, or mm-hmm. something where he wants to get it in there or something. 
Sure. But but then he also thinks something like, and they keep telling me not to talk about it. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, don't make Marvel mad, though. They'll replace you in a heartbeat. I don't want to make him mad, but it sounds like that that would have made it better. It just yeah. on that little information I had, it could be yeah, I don't, total I don't garbage. Think to flush out the, the Flag Smashers more. Right. Right. Yeah. I don't know if it would have made the show better, but I think it would have made, the, uh, uh, made the Flag Smashers better. Right. Yeah. It just that's a lot of the complaints I'm hearing about the shows. They just did not flush out those those two entities well at all. And now now it, that makes a lot of sense here in that, that angle of it that it just had to be taken out or wanted to be taken out, left a hole. Uh, and also going back and looking at Madripoor again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That whole opening to that episode. That's the best episode I think of the whole series. Was the Madripoor episode, that's but it's because beautiful. Of the well, the da- it has the dancing in it. It has Sharon Carter just immediately coming out, being like, I'm bad. It was modeled after... It, yeah, it's a John Wick in a Marvel Universe. It was modeled after, like, a, a, a Vietnamese, like, village where th- these uh, location scouts literally saw a spot where you go out somebody's back door, and there's, like, abandoned train tracks. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's like, what that main street was supposed to, mm-hmm. to look like. Yeah, that was a good episode. It had a very unique and particular look. Seeing Bucky go Winter Soldier in that episode was a highlight. Yeah. Zemo in that episode was a highlight. I might agree with you there. I mean, it might not have had the best fighting, but it might have been my favorite episode of the show. Also, just to see Madripoor, because yeah. that's so cool to, to see it actually realized on, on the big screen. It's a very good episode. But it's Madripoor just reminds me of a Tron city. So that might affect my might judgment on it. Sure. Yeah. I'm just going to be honest with myself. Oh, I watching the documentary, I learned that the bar that they were in was called the brass monkey which i had not noticed while we were watching it but it's like called the, the brass monkey yeah. like the bc boy song one of the walls mm. it's a bunch of these monkey skulls that had been like bronzed or i guess mm. brassed i'm not really sure if that's even a thing is there like a brass monkey in the marvel universe <laughs> i don't know I, mm, I, that might be a really deep cut i, I might have to look it up I, I don't know of one or you know something or like is there like an iron chimp or uh <laughs> there's a there's a hit monkey it's a monkey who's a hitman sounds awesome all right is he bald like agent 47 <laughs> no i think it's like i do believe sometimes he wears a suit oh. but i don't think he's <laughs> you got to get a little monkey bald cap <laughs> and then i'm in um all right so before we run too long how would you guys all uh stack them up so far i know we've only got two shows so what's number one what's number two between the wandaviz and falcon buck uh. I, if I like you had them. to choose, I yeah. like I like them both. Falcon and the Winter Soldier is more up my alley, like espionage and stuff. Sure. So I I would put this one first, but that's just personal preference. So it's spy stuff versus magic stuff. Yeah, I find I find them really different. I, I like exactly what Reagan said, but I also like the different approach they took of WandaVision, especially mm-hmm. in the early episodes. That was that was pretty cool and different feeling to me. Mm-hmm. So I almost want to throw WandaVision, but they're they're very different to me. Like I I don't really like to compare or like, but I. I almost want to say WandaVision just for the what felt pretty unique about it in the beginning I really kind of dug yeah. Rob I mean yeah I agree it's like it's almost comparing apples and oranges they're so different but yeah and I, I love them both like they're yeah. I, I, you know but I, I would probably yeah put Falcon Winter Soldiers a little higher but it's it's close I mean yeah. I enjoyed both of them immensely I'm gonna have to give it to WandaVision uh, for mostly the reasons that, that Ryan said too that that first half it was actually more like the first two thirds of I think it was like six episodes where each one was completely different. I got more into that. I think my household was more into it as well. So the house was like a buzz with discussions of WandaVision and oh, is it Friday yet and all of that. It wasn't we weren't quite at that level with Falcon and Winter Soldier. And for me, I don't think that Falcon and Winter Soldier benefited in any way by having this split up across 
six weeks. It could have been shortened into like a four hour movie if you cut mm-hmm. out some of the slow stuff or it could have been all you, you drop everything at one time and you let me watch it whenever I want. Especially considering one episode ends and pretty much the next episode starts right where it ended. Yeah. You know, WandaVision, that week break, it was like a meta thing where inside the show there was more stuff going on that you didn't get to see. And then they would change to the following decade of shows. That week gave us time to theorize and talk about it because I felt like there was a bit more to digest. Maybe not when it comes to like the politics of it, but the philosophy of it in WandaVision. So for that, I'm going to give it to to WandaVision. I just feel like it made for a better weekly watch appointment TV type of show. And then as far as the fight scenes go, as cool as the stuff in Falcon and Winter Soldier was, I've seen stuff like that before. I've, I've seen everything. I've seen everything. I've seen it all. But what I haven't seen before is when Vision and Cataract fought floating in a library by just having a debate. And I thought that was awesome. That was a real highlight for me, seeing that non-action fight scene. So for me, I'm going to give it to WandaVision. But, you know, they're both great. Oh, uh, were they talking like about said, the ship of Theseus? Yeah, that one. I yeah. love that paradox. I, yeah. I yeah. love yeah. that. Yeah. So was really, that was a great... I thought you were talking about the other part of that fight. And I was like, oh, the, I can barely remember that. The I've seen that before. You know, I mean, like, yeah. I was it like, was cool, that, but I've seen that type yeah, so of the, fight. The, scene. the debate yeah. fight was cool. Yeah. So, okay. So let's... uh. Let's. Why don't you you guys stamp it real quick? Obviously, it's good. I don't think I can still say still good. I mean, it has been a week. It's still good. <laughs> Come on, it's still good. Right, Rob, I mean, <laughs> where are we at? Huh? Is it good, Rob, or is it no, bad? It's good. <laughs> I think I said I love it. Right. right? Sorry. Right. No, yeah. Uh, it's good. I mean, I probably I joked that I've only seen it once, and I don't know how you have time to watch it multiple times. But I probably will end up watching this again. I I don't I don't know when, but I enjoyed it that much that it's worth watching the whole thing again. So yeah, it's good. It's good. Absolutely. <laughs> I was like you're allowed to talk on this one. We'll let you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's good. Looking forward to the next series. Um, looking forward to more from th- this group of creators. Looking forward to more Sam Wilson Captain America. But cozy. This little experiment is at an end, but the good guys will return. We'll be back in June to keep these Monday recaps going with Loki. Stay tuned for details on our social feed and at coesgpod.com. And as we always say at the end of these episodes, so say we all. So say we all. Sign check, rip it out. Don't.